out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, today is a very special episode. This episode may be equally as important as the first episode. Today we celebrate the 100th episode of Meet Me in the Field. The first episode of Meet Me in the Field was posted on my website on 14 September 2017. The statistics of the downloads and its reach can be heard during the podcast. I do want to take time though to specifically, in this intro, thank each and every one who has ever listened to any of the spiritual journeys taken on Meet Me in the Field. I am humbled by your interest and commitment. To celebrate the centennial episode, we rented the hall of the Rotary Club in Somerset West and invited each and every guest we ever had on the podcast and their loved ones to join us for snacks and a live recording of this 100th episode. The afternoon was hectic and about 50 people showed up to celebrate with us. I again want to thank Makhati Mokwena from this Pilgrim in Hills and Denia Lacht, he is the surgeon on this podcast, for being the guest on this live show. My special thanks also goes to Marvis Steenkamp. He is the doer of things on Meet Me in the Field for bringing all his equipment to the hall to do the sound and video recording. Marva hosts his own podcast, Talking Orangutans, on YouTube. Please give it a listen and subscribe. Right, shall we get to it then? Here it is. Sit back and enjoy. Hi everybody, my name is Freddie. I am your host for the evening, for the day, for the afternoon, for the whatever that this is. Thank you very, very much for coming through on a Sunday afternoon. I realise this is nap time, so, <laughs> so, so if you really, if you really want to, feel free to make yourself welcome somewhere and have that that nap that you might need. Um, it's really okay, guys. This is the the further I went into arranging this, I wondered why. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> and then I realized that I like, I like having people around. So if there's an excuse for a party, then, then let's have one. So, um, so that's the first reason. And the second reason is there's cake. Um, and my new addiction is cake cane. So, um, let's <laughs> so, so we are going to partake in, in my new addiction of, after this. There's water as well at the far end of, of the table. But welcome, and thank you very, very much for being here. I really appreciate it. And without most of you guys, this would not have been possible. Actually, without all of you guys, because even the people who have not been on the podcast were supportive enough to let their partners come through or meet me or whatever and have a recording with me. So I really, really appreciate that. For me, this has been an amazing, amazing journey. I can't believe we're doing the, we're doing the live recording of the 100th episode today. So that's cool. But I can't believe it's 100 episodes. It's, it's just beyond amazing what's happened. So the first big thank you goes to all of you. Then the second big thank you goes to my husband, Yaku. Yaku was, when I met him, he told me about this thing that he does constantly, and that's listen to podcasts. And I had no idea what podcasts were. And when I moved in with him, I constantly heard this talking in the background in his office, and those were the podcasts that he was just constantly listening to. And over a period of time, I actually became aware of, of some of the music, and I knew he was now listening to that one or that one. And there were actually a few that I started to listen to. 
<laughs> when I heard him busy with that. So, um, but Jakub really, so Jakub inspired me to start my own podcast. And if you've ever listened to the first episode, that episode was actually a sound check that we did in my office to see if we actually know how the, how the sound works. And I actually liked the chat so much that I decided to, to do it as the first episode. And some people said we, being, we, we were rude to each other. But that's just, <laughs> that's just how we speak. I, I can't help that he's a scientist. <laughs> oh, welcome. Help yourself with coffee, coffee and tea or something. Just make yourself comfortable. Then I also want to thank Marva. Thank you very much for doing the sound and the video for this recording. For those people who do not know Marva, Marva runs his own, I'm, I'm going to call it a vlogcast. Because it's a podcast that he also records on video. And that is called Talking Orangutans. So um, if you haven't listened to him yet, um, then go there and listen to him. He speaks to people whom he finds interesting. So if he doesn't ask you to be a guest, that means that he doesn't find you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can put him, for those in, in recovery, you can put him on your step four list for your resentments after this. <laughs> He's actually stopped a guy on the street and said, hey, I don't know you, but you look interesting. Do you want to talk to me for my, for my podcast? I think it's fabulous. That takes guts. And it was a really nice chat. And um, I actually think I'm, I'm going to invite the guy to come talk to us as well. And then I want to thank my two special guests and if you can come through we're going to start with the recording now Makhati who is um, on the our podcast she is the pilgrim in hills so please come and Denis who is the surgeon on the podcast was it the special surgeon no not surgeon? nothing special mad, like, no, no clapping mad surgeon there's <laughs> something thank you very much we're going to start recording in a few minutes the next point here is meet me in the field states. I'm possibly going to help, need your help here. So most of, of, of the downloading of my podcast happens from my website. So people go into my website and that's where they, where they listen to it. Even though the podcast also runs on Anchor FM from where it is distributed to nine different other podcast platforms. But according to Anchor FM, I have one regular listener, listener. <laughs> which is interesting. And that regular visitor, visitor according to, to Anchor FM, lives in America, Sweden. It's two Scandinavian countries, Philippines. So on Anchor FM, there's really people all over the world listening. So, so that's quite fascinating. But apparently there's only one regular guy who listens. So, but on, from our website, Meet Me in the Field has been downloaded. 33,000 wow. and something, something like that. So that's awesome. So I'm really, really chuffed with that. So it basically means that there's something like 300 regular vis lis listeners. Am I correct? Yeah, I think 299. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so point, point something if, if, if you bring the average. average and the episode that we loaded down the most got 1,255 downloads. So, so that's amazing. And what I would like to eventually start learning is why do people listen to this? Because obviously you don't know what you're going to listen to. You download and you listen. And, and, and so I don't know what the, what the magic formula is yet. Hopefully somebody who can write code and understand those things can figure that out for me. 
Who can that be? <laughs> Beard, you can do that stuff. <laughs> Data mining. <laughs> then there's some exciting news as well that I would like to share with you guys. One is, ah, oh, here she is. This is my friend Fiona. And that's Fiona M, not Fiona C, who's there. So Fiona M. Fiona is the director of Sober and Sexy, and she's a photographer. And we are talking about combining her photographic expertise and meet me in the field and make a book. Mm. So to actually... So it will be, I don't know what you're going to call it, probably meet me in the field, but it will be a, a photograph and a summary of, of the actual podcast recording that, that I've done with you and kind of extract the, the, what I believe to be the wise words, the things that people would like to see and put that in, in a book. So that, that could be quite awesome. So if a lady called Fiona calls you and says, I want to do a photo shoot with you, that's her and that's why. <laughs> and if you don't want to, that's also okay. There's, there's absolutely no yeah, obligation to do that. The other exciting thing is that my second book is hopefully coming out end of September. So that's going to take a lot of work between now and September to get that done. But let's hope that my husband gets awesome to get out. <laughs> and edit it so that I can, I can get, get that out. Then a few things to look out for in the future that I'm busy with is there is the Recovery Festival coming at, on the 28th of September. So those of you that's been involved so far in the arrangement of Recovery Festival um, and have received all my WhatsApps, my Facebook messages, my all my you might be so sick and tired of it because I am actually frankly <laughs> I am already. But what happened is we um, the the sponsorship interest in the festival has not been great at all. So we 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 changed venue for the festival. We're condensing it into one day instead of a two-day event. But all that information will still will still come through to you in a, a, a formal way. So for those who are interested, it will come through. But it's still it's definitely still happening. <coughs> then there is. Yeah, I said my, my, my new book coming out, hopefully on that day, the 28th of September. And on the 23rd of November, I am running a um, self-esteem workshop in Cape Town. So if you believe that you need a bit of a self-esteem boost, then watch, watch my social media. We'll, I'll, I'll share the news with, of that. Um, and then for those who are interested, um, I run a campaign called um, Be Positive on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And that entails stickers and badges. I think some of you, when I, when I ran out of armbands, you, you got stickers and badges and these one. So if you're interested, they, they, are, they, they are available to, 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 to be purchased at the front there. There's also some of my book, The First Layer, and there are some Meet Me in the Field bracelets. So help, help, help yourselves and put the money down. <laughs> cool. Um, we're going, now going to start with the recording of the actual podcast our 100th <coughs> episode so if anybody wants to take a quick break get water get go to the toilet get coffee you've got a minute go <laughs> yes. welcome to thank meet you. me in the field to thank the 100th episode recording thank you for agreeing to be my guests for this special occasion let's start by you introducing yourselves just who is Makati who is Denis and don't be shy <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy. Sure, introductions are always hard if there isn't 
<laughs> more questions, but I'll try. So I'm Makati. I am a seeker. I'm a seeker. I'm a pilgrim. I am, and that's really the main impulse of my life is I seek to hmm, to live a life that's more closer to who I am, to the center of who I am. And so the experiences that I have sought, um, I've become a psychologist, an expressive arts therapist, actually. Um, and so I use the arts in my work. I am a, um, a healer, I do healing work, uh, shamanic work. I am a leadership development facilitator. And I do, um, I'm a companion, I'm a rites of passage companion. So I help, I walk with people through different passages, through different experiences that they're going through to move from who I am to who I am, um, perhaps to a more fuller self. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Thank yeah. you very much. Mm. What you forgot was that she's a pilgrim in heels. Yes, in not heels. To, not today. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the heels are apparently in the car. Yes, they are. The knee. But uh, you, you chose us, so you chose probably another healer, uh, seeker, absolutely. The accent is from Luxembourg, very small country. Uh, I landed 20 years ago, and my next door neighbor was Freddie in my very first. Uh, and I, I came for a year but could never leave. But yes, having, having seeked a lot, but that, we, that started in, in the past and you can listen on the podcast, but the, the healing now is when people are majorly traumatized. Uh, motor vehicle accidents, falls, I stopped the bleeding and control contamination mm. through surgery, trauma surgery. We are a country in the world, we have a huge amount of trauma and then that's why the young surgeon that I was just got uh, sucked into uh, doing that. Uh, Mandenberg Hospital, there, there was no choice. There was just needing to help people survive um, and then move on. They have to move on. Uh, and right now we, we do very well. Yes, it takes, uh, it's a little bit, well, the emotional part. Um, and I heard the other day, somebody advised me and said, when you, when you have somebody who is so um, uh, uh, taking your, your emotion, just inside of you, just uh, remember that they are them and you are you. Mm -hmm. So you, you do a couple of uh, inner statements of that is their journey mm -hmm. and this is my journey. And so and then and then I come home and then the other half is not overwhelmed with with the emotions yeah. because we have people. Uh, we, we we hope they're going to be still alive the next day. We do everything correctly. Um, so that, that's what I do. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time that my then partner and I decided to invite Denis for dinner, <laughs> we, we prepared a chicken, a beautiful roast chicken. And, um, and obviously asked Denis to slice the chicken for us, thinking that it's going to be done with surgical procedure. <laughs> <laughs> Within two seconds, there were, two, there were four quarters of the chicken lying there. Said, there you go. And we both of us looked at it and that's not exactly what we had in mind. <laughs> Chicken anatomy, anatomy was not my fault there, so the knife, the knife sliced through the spine, <laughs> through the trunk. That's funny. And that was it. So that was not the intention. 
It was supposed to be perfectly sliced slivers of soft chicken, succulent. Anyway, that's it. Makati, tell us about your your journey to Pilgrim in Hills. Why in Hills specifically? Gosh, tell the journey. I mean, there's so many, there's so many points that I can pick up for, pick up on. But I will, um, I will try. A couple of years ago, okay, this is where I'll pick up. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I know that I've always been a pilgrim. I know that I've always sought. And actually, yesterday, as part of my end of season ritual, I was looking through photographs and playing music and playing incense and dancing in my bedroom. And I was looking at old <coughs> photographs of myself and my family. And I came across photographs of myself as a nine-year-old and I was wearing heels. And I thought, oh my <laughs> gosh. But children's, you know, um, wedges. I thought, oh my gosh, this thing has been with me all my life. This, the seeking part, I mean, it's, it's um, it's the central focus that gives meaning to my life. And, and I have to live a life that is filled with meaning or else I'm floating all over the place. And so, and, and that meaning really is the search for divinity within me. And a couple of years ago, I, a couple of years, five years, uh, 2015, how, what, yeah, how long ago is that? Four years. <laughs> uh, four years ago, actually no, five years ago in 2014, I, um, things came to a head. Let me, I'm going to reverse. 20, 2009, my mother died. Um, 2010, my partner and I moved to Cape Town. That same year, my father died. That same year, I sold my house in Johannesburg. The following year, my relationship broke up, sold that house, moved. So there were many many, many different losses that I experienced and I felt like I was being plunged into some kind of liminal space where there wasn't anything behind me that I could use to define who I am and there wasn't anything in front of me that I could say, okay, this is at least where I'm going. So I really found myself in a terrible space of utter nothingness. But also the, the liminal space is a space of possibility, I suppose. Uh, although at the time I couldn't connect with that. Um, and in 2014, I thought, okay, things are so bad that I need to do something to save myself. And I applied to go and take the sannyasin, which is becoming a monk, a nun in India uh, with the Sachananda um, ashram. And, um, and I, it was absolutely imperative for me to just unplug from the noise of the world that was in me. And um, so I applied. At the time, I still, yeah, I applied and um, thinking that me intending to go um, in 2015. It was a two-year program. And, but what it, what it meant was I would have to surrender my phone and all means of communicating with the outside world, including my family. And my family wasn't going to have it. Okay. They were adamant. I mean, we'd lost both our parents and with just four other siblings and nephews and nieces, my sisters were, mm-mm, didn't want that to happen. But they didn't say that they didn't want it to happen. They just went and prayed behind <laughs> my back that it doesn't happen. And, um, and I remember 
So I waited and waited and waited and I didn't hear from the ashram. And I, and I phoned them one time and it's a silent ashram and the woman answering the phone, I phoned India. And the woman answered, hello? It's silent, noble silence, I can't speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't speak to you. Um, and I said, no, I'm from South Africa. No, I'm also whispering. And <laughs> 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 then realized, okay, I actually can't speak normally. I'm phoning from South Africa. I need to know, am I coming or not? And she said, later, South Africa, yes, yes, yes. And I thought, okay, I will hear from them. I didn't hear from them. 20, 20, um, that was, yeah, 2015 arrived. Um, and I um, and I thought, okay, so this isn't going to happen. This isn't happening. And I went to Rwanda. I was in Rwanda, and I got a letter from my partner, my ex-partner. She was an ex, yeah, an ex by then, and read a letter to me um, saying, "You have been accepted. Please be. Please report um, to the ashram in February." By now, it was the end of March, <laughs> and I just cried and cried listening to this because. My lifeline actually had gone somewhere else, and it was absolutely devastating. But I think at that point was the time, was the point that I committed to really, really focusing most specifically to to my pilgrimage. And so I, I, um, I took I took the year off. And I started okay. doing, yeah, and then I went to, I, I did silent retreats, Vipassana. Um, I went to climb Kilimanjaro. I didn't, I got sick. I climbed Mount Meru instead. I went to India to do a yoga teacher training course. I was going to walk the Camino, but my toes, that's a big story. <laughs> but that was the time. That was the time. Oh, and in that same year, I ended up in hospital with um, with an ovarian torsion, which means that my ovary had twisted on itself, had grown cysts, and then it ruptured. Yeah. So, and that was the time that I was supposed to have gone to walk the Camino, and so it's just as well that I wasn't out there in Spain, but on the oh. side of the road, needing um, major surgery. But being turned away was absolutely a turning point for me. Um, or that letter arriving late was a turning point for me that made me, that invited me, or that coerced me to really be intentional okay. about how I practice my spirituality. And that's the year that I started my blog, Pilgrim in Oh, Hills. cool. Yeah. I was just thinking now, so Pilgrim in Hills. Yes. What year did you run the Comrades? Yes. That year as well? Not in Hills. <laughs> no, no, no. Comrades was years ago, 2004. Okay, so by that yeah. time the Comrades is active. I was so. much, much younger then. <laughs> and fitter, I presume. Well, a little bit more. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Pilgrim in Hills, but most of the things you talk about you do either without shoes yeah, or, or know, with very flat I know, shoes. I know. So, are the hills when you go out? Are the hills always? always. <laughs> well, and also it's Pilgrim in Hills because I recognize <coughs> that my, my journey and, and this world, I, I am a modern woman, and my, my seek, I'm not going to be. I think when I wasn't accepted, or when I, when I didn't end up going to India um, to become a nun, um, I think I stepped into, okay, Makati, you actually are not a nun, even though you may have 
yearning and longing for stillness and for solitude and for, for, for a, a measured rhythm in my everyday. But perhaps that's really not where my expression of my spirituality is going to take place. The expression is actually going to take place in the noise of the city mm. and in the, in the utter insanity of everyday life. Yeah. And, um, and that's really where it's happened. So I absolutely get down on a Friday night. I, you know, on the <laughs> dance floor. I, I've got, I've got, I mean, I went to do a poetry, I went to the, po to, to the McGregor Poetry Festival a couple of years ago um, to perform my poetry. And one of the poems that I have starts with, I have a hundred and, I don't know, 115 pairs of shoes, like 83 pairs of which are high heels. And then dot, 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 it goes on. <laughs> but I mean, that's how it goes. And you're serious, I saw them. Denis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no high heels on my <laughs> We hope not. Not, not today. You <laughs> <laughs> actually feel very, very comfortable. Yeah, those are very yeah. serious shoes. Very snug. You could climb a mountain with those. Yeah. You could walk a, a long spiritual road with those. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. you being European and arriving in, in, in at, at being from Central Europe, arriving in the south point of Africa. Did you, did you ex experience a significant difference in, in, in spiritual outlook? Hmm. I, I experienced that Cape Town was a special place. Uh, first year, um, to us apartheid, I mean, we, where we lived, uh, um, the, the, the Nelson Mandela concerts, uh, we knew about apartheid there. Uh, so when I came, I, I didn't know, but I was excited. Was, uh, and, and I didn't find the people that uh, made this uh, division and hate amongst people possible. I only met lovely people. Um, uh, felt some white guilt, uh, as one can, uh, having been part of a race that did uh, bad things. Um, and always being told, are you German? Are you German? I, I, I always say, no, I'm not German, because Luxembourg is independent, and we speak a, a dialect that split a thousand years ago. But so uh, living with this, no, I'm not a German, uh, but, but here, yes. I, well, I also said I'm, I'm not a South African. That's mm. why you hear my accent, and I'm proud to keep my accent. And, and I only found lovely people. And, uh, it is a healing place. I do think that uh, South Africa is a healing place. And having then worked in, in Mannenberg, uh, seeing the people that go to school, I, I realized that the medical fraternity was fantastic. The medical system is very good because your doctors uh, do very good, have a huge basic knowledge because they have seen so much and done so much. And, and, and then what more exciting than to continue to heal people um, that come not with just little uh, psychosomatic problems, but uh, a knife in the chest or a wound in the heart or a bullet that went through the whole body. And, uh, and in Mannenberg, where our, the, the government didn't want to have a surgeon work there, there was no specialist post, so I accepted an, a normal GP salary for for all these 11 years and uh, saving lives. And it was amazing because we had very, very good survival. And I went down and I spoke about it and posted us out. So, so Cape Town, a healing place. Me, myself, ending in an accident that was two years down the line, being on the ventilator a couple of days, uh, broken ribs and ruptured here and there. So that also then 
so you realize, I realize in retrospect that I probably had to go through it. There was still a lot of confusion and then it, but it made me become a better doctor. So today mm. to be a trauma surgeon and help people, I'm, uh, I'm then also not the, the usual one. I, I know that uh, medical doctors can, can hide between, behind facades mm. and, and of course, because we don't know everything. Healing, healing Western <coughs> medicine doesn't, of course doesn't know everything, but, but stopping bleeding, controlling contamination, and then giving antifungals when there's a fungus and giving an antibiotic when, mm. when the life depends on it. And somebody in septic shock that starts dying from it, if you have seen it, and if you then know that giving those antibiotics kick you back and, and, and everything starts again and, and make people survive. That's why I live with Western medicine, uh, but I always felt uh, close to the, the alternatives. But the energy, there's very little we can do about it, isn't it? So, and, and as you had, had asked me about the, um, when I say um, the, the metaphorical truth, we, when I when I do say things happen for a reason, it might not be so that, but believing that it is so makes us live a, a better life. So there's still a lot of we co-create our healing, but we need the Western model, we need the alternative model. Uh, you need to know your doshas uh, and then mm. eat correctly, uh, correctly to balance your kappa, uh, fitta, uh, pitta, uh, fatta, dosha, whatever, <laughs> live in balance and then, but if, if then, if you have a torted uh, uh, ovary, it needs to somehow come out if it, if it gets infected or if it bleeds, um, that is then, yeah. that, that is the balancing act. But this country is a healing place. I, I met lovely people, and I and and then this place where people say, "Oh, let's 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 leave, let's go away. There's going to be chaos." But uh, in 20 years, I haven't seen chaos arrive, and uh, and the, I think the future is still going to be here. And from here, you look at the rest of the world, you look at Europe, you look at, <laughs> and, mm. and then I tell people, "Well, uh, yeah. going anywhere else is yeah. it's not going to be better there than than here." Sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, thank you. I was thinking, <laughs> has anybody ever heard Luxembourgish? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah, because we work for a company whose head office was in Luxembourg. But Luxembourgish is a, is a, is a strange language. It klingt ein bisschen wie Deutsch. Das ist ein Muselfränkisch Dialekt. Ja. Das schwätzen wir daheim. Äh, die Afrikaner verstehen ein bisschen. Die Deutsch von Schluss schwätzen verstehen da doch. So there's the Dutch, the German, the so that's a little bit. And that, that made me think of somebody who said, Andre, you know that, that marijuana has been legal in, in Holland for a very long time. And I said, yeah, that, that's true. He said, well, that's why they speak Afrikaans so funny. What's been legal in Luxembourg for so long that they speak, that, that they speak German and, and French so funny? <laughs> so, um, and... I don't want to make this too long because there's a crap load of food, by the way. There's a crap load of food. Now, what happens tomorrow morning is I'm flying to Johannesburg to go and help my mom to move into her new apartment after my father's passing. So, and Jakus asked specifically that you please eat all the food because he doesn't want all the leftovers in the house because he cannot, he, he, he doesn't eat crap. He only eats healthy stuff. So, so please do him a favor and eat the food. <laughs> um, Denis, I'm now going to start with you and say, what, 
What has been the biggest influence on your idea of spirituality? Opening up and then being hungry for hearing the right thing. And we all know that once we hear the, tr the truth, once we hear this word that comes and is spoken and, 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 and that sounds so right, then we just know. And, and that's a little bit, and if, it, uh, if you're a seeker and you listen, so uh, yes, Deepak Chopra is, is reading, and, and then there were other things there that I didn't like so much. But then Eckhart Tolle, the day I, I, I heard a CD by Eckhart Tolle, um, and Eckhart Tolle is, he is an enlightened being and he just speaks things. So that, that is, and I think that Eckhart Tolle, for us Westerners, uh, speaks just the the easiest, in the easiest way to, to understand. So that is just being open and, and wondering, and yeah, like I said, I go back to, and listen, I told my story of afraid of dying, uh, studying medicine, uh, talking to psychotherapists, realizing what it means to, to have something uh, thrown away or uh, repressed. If you repress something uh, and you bite your nails because of it, the day comes out, that's it, you're free. You're free. It's solved. It's it's over. And and but we are like an onion, and we're going to peel that onion. Uh, so uh, and and uh, is it is it in the incarnation wanting to really um, get the best out of it? And the, the the big driver is fear of death. So so if you and many people say I'm not afraid of dying. I'm just. Uh, uh, I just don't want to have pain also, but I'm not otherwise afraid of dying. I, I could never understand that because I find that us enjoying being in, in this incarnation must be linked somehow with the regret that one day this will end. Uh, but then I understand as well that if, it, if there wasn't be an end, if there wouldn't be an end, uh, how, how would it then be? I can't, we, we can't conceive that. We can't conceive it. That's why... Um, but we are consciousness. Overall, we, that is the one thing where we cannot take that away. There is this, even if this is a dream, there is the something that perceives the dream. Right. And, and, that's, and that's fascinating. So this something that perceives this dream is consciousness. And then is it, is it individual? Is it, is it a collective? Is there an interaction? Lots of questions, not many answers. but. Uh, be in the flow. You, the, the thing we do live in our body. That, that's unfortunately we have to. We, are, we get incarnated, and here we are inside our body, and and all we want is to connect with other people and and and, and melt with other people. Probably to, uh, and there's the genetic part. The genetic part. Uh, as I say, the male, female. Otherwise, the race wouldn't have. So so that is how how. How the universe has has made us continue to to exist, um, but I find amazing, and you have a lot, and you yourself, I get. Okay, uh, I think the, uh, the 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 whole gender evolution that is happening right now on the planet. I mean, mm. that, that is quite that is quite mm. amazing. How how now more and more people are discovering how, where they are on this scale mm. of, from 
exclusively male to exclusively female and how many people yeah. and many possibilities that that mm. is that's also telling us that there's a big waking up happening mm. i mean it's uh, on 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 and yeah and we can we can get married and we can do things but we mustn't take it for granted no? yeah. like yuval harari reminds us i mean remain an activist and be go out there and uh, still but but being an activist uh, when you fight something too much going to resist so we mm. be the one that uh, shine the light do your thing yeah. uh, help where you can yeah. and don't be too much frustrated by the big things that we can't change huh? <coughs> James the, the, the big corporations the, oh. the capitalistic system when <laughs> one goes and is frustrated that there is money-making and, and 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 it is not true that is us as well it's yeah. an expression of all of us and, uh, and pharmaceuticals it's yeah. it's not only about money it is ultimately about healing they do they do help a lot that is how we that's why one mustn't as, as we lose our ego we must also realize that then uh, saying this uh, oh, that's uh, the, the ego shows itself in in, in, in different things the greed the human greed that comes out in, in corporations but ultimately, it's us. We are doing this. Yeah. So let's not blame anybody. Uh, let's not blame anybody. Let's try to establish a system where we can then all, with our best possibilities, share. And also telling people, here, you, you, want, you want this? Come. Mm -hmm. I can show you how to get there. Mm -hmm. I can show you how to get healthy. You have to do the effort. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to continue on the journey, that's it. Then we, we split here. Awesome. Thanks, Denise. What I find interesting is that your, your fear of dying started this journey for you. Mm. And what I've discovered over the past few years is, is that the bigger fear is that the, the, for me has been the fear of not living, yeah. of not living mm. life anymore. And that's been an amazing journey to go on, is to, to say kind of, you know, fuck that. Um, I'm going to, 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 to do this. I'm going to grab the bull by the horn, I'm going to live. And that was really an, an amazing journey for me to start. Mm. Makhati, who or what has been your biggest in influence on your spirituality? Hmm. Who or what? Who or what? Um, I'm just going to very briefly refer to my upbringing because that's part of um, what our podcast was about. Um, growing up, being raised in a family that was deeply Catholic and with a mother who was also a traditional healer. And, um, and my parents, my family managed to merge the two, to integrate the two in a way that didn't, in a way that was seamless and made it um, be normal to, to straddle these two worlds um, and not to be discombobulated by that straddling. So that was, that was my first big influence was it's okay to explore many, no, it makes sense to explore many different ways because the paths are many, even though the destination may be one. And not to, not to, 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 to derogate or to shame another path simply because it's one I don't understand. So I, um, so that was critical for me. Yeah. And I recently, <laughs> so I've recently been working on, um, 
on on I have to find a way to speak about this in a way that makes sense. Um, I've been doing some deep work into figuring out what lies at the core of who makes me, me. Um, and what is it that is, that is he here inside of me? I mean, I'm pointing to my body because that's the easiest, but it's, yeah. Um, and it's an experience that I had um, with somebody that made me question, yeah, but Makati, who are you without, without being affirmed by the world? Who are you without the longing to belong? Who are you without a romantic relationship? And so I've just recently, past couple of weeks, I've been asking and delving deeper and deeper within to figure out, all right, so what is the story that I hold that tells me that this is who I am? And, um, and I've been using my biggest influence then that, has, that is assisting me to do this is A Course in Miracles. Um, and, um, and some of the work that I've been doing has made me realize that at the center, so I had things happen in my childhood, who hasn't? Um, I've had things happen in my childhood and from those things, I developed a particular story particular belief about who I am and that belief had to do with well because of this thing that happened it must mean that I'm not worthy of love I'm not worthy of attention I um, um, and in fact other people are there have it I just am not one to have it um, and so um, aligning love with rejection with abandonment with abuse with all the negativity but above that, then I have unconsciously attracted people that are not available romantically. And so ultimately at the top of who I am has been utter, utter loneliness. And so I've been working with the issue of loneliness for, um, yeah. And, and I've realized and enter of course in miracles that actually um, I'm, I don't change the story, I don't change, um, I can't change this by changing my external, my external world, but really by accepting that when, when we are told, when God tells us that I love you and you are loved and I have created you, that actually it is true. And that, that truth is what makes me, me. And arriving been absolutely unbelievable to arrive at a point of saying, okay, I stop fighting now. Ah. I surrender into this <laughs> love that I am. Nothing in my external world changes. But I, so the stuff in my childhood is still there, but the story that I'm telling myself or the story that has always been there, I've just been, I have been, obscuring it with my own narrative, with my yes. own sense-making, and removing that sense-making and arriving out, sure, actually I am love. I am made of love and I am love. And so what comes out of me can only be love. It doesn't matter what happens actually in my external world. 
So yeah, a course in miracles. And actually, it's it's things not going according to <laughs> what I want. Be, being forced to, to, to really being forced, things, yeah. being forced to, because I couldn't bear it. I couldn't. It was too much. This is really how I've constructed all my relationships, romantic or otherwise. Yeah. So my interactions have actually been motivated to a large extent by fear. And this is why A Course in Miracles talks about two emotions, love and fear. And I had chosen one. I had chosen fear to be the main essence of who I am. Awesome. No more. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. No more fear. It's let's, enough. Let's do it's love. Enough. And I mean, it, of course, um, it feels like it's it's easy. You just think you can change your mind. And of course, it is easy. You can change your mind. But it's in the... It's in the, um, you know how the universe works. Once you decide on something, then you have all sorts of opportunities to really affirm <laughs> the decision you made. And so opportunities come, and I constantly have to say, all right, Makati, choose again. Look again. And of course, in Miracle says, you know, you need, at the beginning, maybe you need a little bit of willingness. And then later on, our brother says, no. Our brother Jesus says, no, you need big willingness not <laughs> just a little bit because it's 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 a commitment yeah yeah so change is a huge commitment you're yeah. also bloody afraid of it yeah cool yeah. i don't want to us to, to keep us much longer so i'm going to open the floor are there any questions or feedback before we hit the snacks none <laughs> there he is um, how much of your experience with your mother being a traditional healer, mm. incorporating that with the religion comes to your current um, psychology and shamanism yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I used to teach at Rao. I used to teach psychology at Rao, uh, UJ. I used to teach psychology at Rao, and I I introduced. I introduced a module on the role of psychology in Africa. I brought in my mother, I asked her to come in, to come and teach alongside me aspects of traditional healing, African traditional healing, and what it means and how it can interact and be integrated with psychology. And in my work now, um, I, yeah, my healing work is around traditional healing work. I, um, I've, I've learned to listen, and when I listen, I'm able to hear and connect um, to, to what is needed when a, when a person comes. Uh, and what I do isn't anything, it isn't anything special. Any, we all can. We all have the capacity to listen and hear. And, but I've, yeah, I've worked quite a lot to mute the noise so that I can really hear when I'm being spoken to. It's very present in my life. Cool. Thank you. Mm, Thanks. It's a pleasure. Anything or anybody else? Anything from anybody else? No? Cool. So um, now we will have the exit music playing in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not going to try and, re and, and redo it. for us. Sing it. Sing it. Oh, no, yes. No way. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Dini, Makati, really appreciate it. And we are now going to cut the cake and yeah. then we're going to stuff our piles. So yeah. let's, let's go thank you. Thank you.
interesting experience this live recording was. It was ever so slightly intimidating to look at so many faces during the chat, instead of just concentrating on my one guest. I felt as if some of my own spontaneity paid the price, but there's a first time for everything, and I still enjoyed the experience thoroughly. I will be far better prepared for the recording of the 200th episode. The snacks and chats afterwards were really special. It was great seeing everyone again and realizing what an amazing, unique and special group of people I know and have got to meet on these spiritual journeys. I again want to thank each and every guest, the listeners and everyone who contributed to making this recording and celebratory afternoon so special. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.